When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I am strong, I feel free I know every part of me is beautiful And I will always outweigh If you feel it, put your hands in the air Show some love to the new while you're there Let's take it one day at a time Cause you and I outweigh Happy Saturday, Outway fam. Amy here. And my guest today is Patrick Custer and he is on to talk about, well, a little bit of your own journey, Patrick, but then what mm-hmm. you're doing to help others that are in recovery or maybe even just struggling and wondering, what does this process of recovery even look like? Is there help out there? Am I alone? Because I feel like that's one of the most daunting things when you are going through something, for me in particular with my eating disorder, some of the thoughts and actions that would take place in my mind and then that, that I would do, I think, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I can't ever tell anybody about this. This is crazy. Am I the only one? So Patrick's here to remind us we are not alone. Oh my gosh. You just hit, you know, so many, so many things, you know, talking about shame and guilt being such strong drivers for us from such a young age, both societally and and I think naturally it just, it just, it, it is there. And whether, you know, I know a little bit about your story and I'll c- compare a contrast for me. I know I ended up needing and getting like, addressing seriously at an early age, uh, my medicators. And so quickly to just kind of try and put it in a nutshell, I look back as a a child. um, I grew up in a Southern family where everything, you know, food is everything, everything surrounds food, wedding, you know, we, we all get it right. I was in sports. I was active. I never really thought about food. I mean, other than like, I liked it and I ate it and nothing was, you know, I I didn't correlate to 
my body. And then I started to hit a something weird in puberty and I got chubby. I remember just the shame and guilt that fell all over me, both internally, but from so- social um, reinforcement. So at this time, I'm a gay man. I wasn't out then. Raised a super conservative family. So at the time, I'm trying to fit into this mold, what I think I'm supposed to be, which is like a super masculine, manly man, play sports. And so my story is very interesting to to talk about body image, body dysmorphia from an early age where this is the role that I was felt like I was dealt and this is what I was trying to play, right? So from a very early on, I didn't know, like I battled overeating and body image issues at that point. Then came along, I don't even remember what introduced to me, but like over-exercise and then dieting. So these were my earliest medicators, food, then exercise, then restricting. And it wasn't until I went to college that that I really got exposed to some more more extreme measures. Drugs and alcohol played a huge role. And ultimately, I had to seek help for all of it. Because at the end of the day, I was trying to control how my body looked, how I felt, the peace within myself. You know, a lot of us in 12-step programming, which I am actively, you know, we call it, we refer to it as the ism, you know, like it's not just one thing. And for me, it has been just like a, a bounce around of, you name it, all kinds of things, medicating behaviors. And so... You know, when it comes to sobriety from addiction, uh, from chemical addiction, alcohol and drugs, I've been sober this February will be uh, uh, 12 years. That's awesome. I want to stop and acknowledge that because that's, I mean, that's amazing. A good friend of mine just celebrated 12 years a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, she was like, it's my sober birthday. Heck yeah, it is exciting. And it's interesting how those birthdays end up, they end up being less about me and more about other people and showing the way, like, you know, the longer and longer I'm fortunate enough to, you know, hold on to, you know, sober time and stay healthy. Well, that's part of recovery anyways, using your story and then also being in a 12-step program, having, you know, your sponsor Mm -hmm. and then sponsees, that's how you say it, right, too? The other way, sponsors and sponsees, yeah. And then you're motivated, you're out there, you're serving others. I feel like service is a big part of that, taking it off of you and onto other people. And I remember my mom telling me that early on in college when I was really struggling with my eating disorder. And she said, "Uh, could you just go volunteer somewhere or do something? I mean, that was her way of saying that to me. It didn't register, of course, at the time, Mm -hmm. but- she was on to something. It was she was trying to get my brain to stop focusing on some of my things and, and focus on someone else to shift. And obviously, if you do that enough, it does help rewire the brain. But I love yeah. that you're talking about making it about others because that is part of the journey in staying in recovery. Oh, 100%. And I'll stop here and say, no matter what you're, if you're, you know, you identify that you're recovering from one thing, or you might need to recover from something, you know, everybody's got a different journey, different thing that they're recovering from and different healing experiences. um, And different things work for different people. But there are a lot of commonalities. One of them is connection. We know that I'm going to try and get his name right. The the person who coined this phrase, Johan, I forget his last name. He was the initial person that talked about connection being the opposite of addiction or self-medication and suffering. And we see that across the board, right? 
And through that and under that umbrella is the connection of getting outside of ourselves through serving other people, saying that, you know, I'm part of you, you're part of me and, you know, taking the focus off of myself. So I will say that, you know, the eating stuff for me has, um, and as I think, you, you know, actually, no matter what you're talking about, I mean, like, it's very black and white with them. Um, addiction because I don't drink at all anymore, but we have to eat when we talk about process addictions. So, you know, eating disorder is a process or eating is a process and the addiction is whatever surrounding the, that process. And for me, there was a lot of ortho over-exercising under intake. They're just complete restricting altogether. And I have to be careful every day to not fall into that trap because it's really, really easy, as I'm sure you know as well. Yeah. And that's a good reminder for anybody listening that if you've made strides and you take a step back, it's such a good point that we can't eliminate food from our lives. You can try to remove yourself from alcohol and drugs by who you're surrounding yourself with, what you allow in your home, but food has to be allowed in the home. So yeah, that was something that was, you know, difficult. You couldn't just be like, okay, well, I just won't have this. In fact, for me in recovery, I had to invite more food into my home. Mm -hmm. I had to start allowing more things that I used to not allow. And Patrick, in regards to your service to others, something that I want you to tell people about is the podcast that you're yeah. running because I feel like that's another resource that people can check out. And if they're wondering, like, do I have something going on? I have these thoughts. What is orthorexia? Some of this stuff is new to people, this vocabulary or other addictions, because oftentimes it may not just be one thing that you're using to numb out. Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, the medicators. And I feel like your podcast would be an excellent resource for people. So tell us about it. Absolutely. Well, you can check out our website. It's uh, rootedrecoverystories.com. That's rooted. Like we talk about keeping keeping people rooted in recovery. And it's got kind of a unique story. We started out, I, I work for Promises Behavioral Health. We own treatment centers across the country for mental health, addiction, uh, sex addiction, eating disorders. We treat all the things um, at our various treatment centers. And uh, I have the privilege of getting to oversee all of our um, aftercare programming. So uh, lifelong, we support our alumni afterwards when they go out and have to hit the real world and they're outside of the safe container that they've gotten the help they need in. I myself have experienced that. That's what helped get me on the track to health and safety. And, you know, long-term engagement, meaning like to resources that are connecting us, are serving us, are serving the walk that we want to do, you know, whatever you're talking about recovering from, we believe is the key to success. So this podcast came out from that as my life's kind of passion project, but it's a, a mission thing to serve the whole entire community. You don't have to be an alumni. And we talk about recovery from all types of adversity. And I say adversity because it's a very umbrella term that encompasses trauma, the full spectrum of mental health issues, parents of children who've overdosed, people who literally are ex have experienced recovery, overdose themselves. All the things that I, I named, we interview and talk about stories, what it was like for these people and the resources that are available to help them. So I think that 
there can't be enough hope out there. We've got all kinds of things to entertain us and binge. When we talk about binging, oh my gosh, what a trigger word and a key you know thing that we talk about right now. But like Netflix, TV, we consume so much to just entertain ourselves. This is an outlet that we really put so much heart and soul into providing that is something to feed the soul. Oh, I love that. Feeding the soul. I, I know you gave the website, but if they're just sure. in their podcast browser we're on everything. So you can watch it or stream it like via the regular podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, just search Rooted Recovery Stories and you'll find us. And I love that name, Rooted Recovery Stories. It's so good. Well, Patrick, thank you for sharing some of your story and then the message of connection and service and, and the reminder of hope, because I think that's what what we all need because sometimes it can just you just feel so overwhelmed by everything and you're like oh okay and then you see it working for other people and and instead of saying oh i wish that could work for me see those other people's re- recovery as as hope and encouragement to you not mm-hmm. discouragement because you're not there yet don't let those thoughts go into your head if there's one thing i could say it's just if people come into your path don't let it don't let their recovery annoy you because you're not there yet feel like oh wow Thank you, God, for showing me that person that's in recovery. Absolutely, Because I, I know what it's like to be jealous of someone that's in recovery and you just wish you could be there, but you know. Right, because we all want instant gratification. I wanted instant gratification when I was living in my sickness and I want instant gratification when I'm seeking healing. <laughs> but I want, if I could really quick, I wanted to add something that I feel like is so important. There aren't enough men that are out there talking about their history or struggle with eating disorders. And I don't know if you would be surprised at this, but many people would be so surprised that it is a legit real thing, whether you're gay, straight, trans, whatever it's, it affects everyone. It's no respecter of persons. And the compare and contrast for me, when I was talking about earlier, you know, I grew up and wasn't living myself, tried living as a straight man for a long time in a, a more masculine presence that was, you know, hiding things and, and doing sports and whatever. That body type for me was was way different. And then I you know, move into my 20s and I'll just tell you the gay male world, you're either um, very, very thin or super muscular. Like those are two, two of the most idolized body types. And I didn't know how to go to the zero body fat, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Channing Tatum, whatever realm. And so what was easiest for me was to slide into that real thin category. So I just want to say that like, if you are a male, you know, a cis male, a trans male, it doesn't matter. And you're hearing this, Don't let societal norms tell you that, oh, I'm just being healthy or uh, going to two a day gym trips. You know, I'm just following, you know, whatever from Men's Health magazine. You know, this is totally different from what Amy's talking about and all that, all that jazz. It hits all of us and it's real. Yeah, no, it's um, disguised. Like when we use, I used for a long time orthorexia for sure under the guise of, well, I'm having fertility issues and I read this one book that told me that if I eat this exact way that I'll be able to get pregnant. But really, Hmm. I mean, yes, did I want to get pregnant? Absolutely. But did I love having eating that way as an excuse to tell myself? Because I knew some of my behaviors weren't normal, but I was like, well, that's okay. That's what this book told me that I needed. 
for my fertility issues. And when I would be out with friends, they'd be like, oh, you don't want this or you don't want to eat this. I would be like, oh, well, I'm trying to get pregnant. And then that would shut everybody down. And you might be like, oh, oh, I saw this in men, men's health. Oh, well, that's yep. okay. No yep. problem. It must be approved and totally good for you. So thank you for sharing that as well. And yeah, Rooted Recovery Stories. That's it. Love it, Patrick. Well, thank you. And yeah, we'll have to have you back on again. Love it. Thank you so much, Amy. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com.com slash compatibility.